I'm Rick Steves. Let's start today's travel with Rick Steves on one of the grandest streets in Berlin. It's a tree-lined boulevard called Unter den Linden and takes you through the historic heart of the city. It runs from the former Palace of the Prussian Kings to the Brandenburg Gate that serves as a symbol of Berlin. For a stroll to see the sights through the heart of Berlin, we're joined now by German tour guides Fabian Ruger and Holger Zimmer to tell us what this street represents to a Berliner. It's, well, it really is a historical axis, and it is a place where lots of things happened. Like it was just a little dirt road leading from the castle in the 15, 1600s to the Tiergarten, which was like the royal hunting ground. So it was just basically a little dirt road, nothing, nothing mm-hmm. big. But they decided, okay, let's, let's kind of plaster it up, let's doll it up, let's plant trees uh, in the mid-1600s. And it really developed into a place where for centuries, really, it was a place to see and to be seen, to be going around on a Sunday, put out your Sunday best and really show off. And then, of course, not just the locals, but it was a place to show off your military might. Yeah, the Prussians used it for army displays, you know, for big parades. Big parades. parades. Well, back yeah, then, they, they would parades. joke that. I, I think the joke was uh, most countries have an army, but in Prussia, the army has a country. Was the case in Berlin. Yeah, it was the a thing. Big Berlin was the capital of that. My hunch is when you have a palace, you've got the nobility and the big shots wanting to live nearby, and these could line this carriageway that evolves into a Grand Boulevard. Well, Grand Boulevard now and, and for a while, but like when it started, there's still issues. Like there, there was like geese and hen and pigs roaming about, and the king was not happy, so he actually decreed orders that you have to put your house in order and not let your pigs run free. Ah, and now there's a big zoo just beyond the way. Right so there. maybe there you go. Hey, uh, Fabian, when we think of the name Unter den Linden, literally, what is that? Under the linden trees, which are a tree that in the swampy area of Berlin would actually grow well with what's in the ground there. And for Berliners, the whole name conjures up images of taking a walk in the 1920s, as as Holger said, to see and to be seen. Mm. It's the place where you have to be. And of course, pretty much in the center, Unter den Linden crosses famous Friedrichstraße, which was where the nightlife boulevard of the 1920s was, where Marlene Dietrich started her career. So this is right. where you would... That, you know, and that's Friedrichstraße. That's Friedrichstraße running north-south. And, and of course, during the Cold War, it was, it was pretty deadly. But now Friedrichstraße is, is trying to resurrect itself. You know, the, the, the high point, the, the culmination of Unter den Linden these days, or for, throughout history, I think has been this Brandenburg Gate. Fabian, can you explain the importance of the Brandenburg Gate and, and what it means to the, the people of Prussia and now Germany? The original meaning was to form an entrance gate into the city of Berlin. You would come through a long street as you approach the city of Berlin through a beautiful park, which has been lined with statues. It is owned by the royal family. And then you enter the city of Berlin itself through this gate. What a grand entryway. A wonderful boulevard will lead you straight towards the imperial palace at the end of the road. That was the idea, and the emperor himself, at first the Prussian king, later he's the Prussian emperor of Germany, would come with his horse coach out of the palace and ride through the gate itself. One of the two pillar columns was the gate reserved for the king and emperor himself. Oh, I didn't know that. So you got these grand entryways. It's like the front door of the city. And it was going to, Frederick the Great was the, the ultimate sort of Hohenzollern ruler, didn't he have some vision to make the city like the, the new Athens or the new Rome or something like he, this? He also really changed the face of Unter den Linden Boulevard right. because he had this vision of the 
a forum Fredericianum, like really like uh, go back to the old classical architecture and start an opera there. You know, I think that was like the mid 1700s when he said, I actually right after he stepped to the throne, he said, okay, I'm going to allocate money. Let's build it grand. Let's make, let's show the world that Berlin is not so just you've got behind the opera, Paris. You've got the, the opera university. There. University was a little later, but the opera was there. The Catholic cathedral was to be there. The library was there. So like a lot of thinking, like show the world that we're not just an army, but also we can we can do a culture too. Because Prussia had a little bit of uh, ground to make up in that regard. Oh, yes, because indeed. it was it was boot camp. Life was boot camp uh, for a little while. So they did bend over backwards to bring some culture. In fact, there's an entire island dedicated to museums. Museum Island, one, I think, the largest museum complex in Europe, um, housing about five world-class museums. And that was over a period of 100 years. But that's a little later, 1830, starting the Altes Museum up to the Neues Museum 100 years later. And that is an amazing array of culture and art. And the collection, I think, especially when it comes to the Egyptian uh, mm. and, and Roman art, mm. is, is on a par to the British Museum, for example. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking about Berlin, specifically its main drag, its grand boulevard, Unter den Linden. And we're joined by Holger Zimmer and Fabian Ruger. And Fabian, we were talking about the Brandenburg Gate, and it's sort of like the Arc de Triomphe. People have an image of the Arc de Triomphe in Paris at the top of its Champs-Élysées, which I guess you could say is the Unter den Linden of Paris. And uh, <laughs> if you were standing on top of the Brandenburg Gate through the ages, you would have witnessed a lot of history. What are some of the big events through the ages that you'd see from the top of Brandenburg Gate? Oh, you would see, uh, for instance, the beginning of World War one with uh, the emperor riding through and thousands of Berliners actually hailing this as the beginning of what they feel is the beginning encirclement of Germany. Of course, the war ends very badly at the end of World War One. So 1914, this is Germans 19 all July, coming together at Brandenburg Gate. Even before that, what about the unification of Germany? Would that have been a, a big deal there? Oh, there was a parade in 1871 after the victory over France as Prussia becomes the leading kingdom and the Prussian king becomes emperor of Germany. So, because Prussia really was spearheading German unification the way the, the Prussians and Bismarck organized it. And even before coming to, you know, German-French relations, uh, Napoleon was actually going through this gate and really saying, okay, like, I take Berlin now. And then, of course, the Prussians got it, got it back uh, later on. Now, of course, the Brandenburg Gate was right there in no man's land on the wall. And a number of important events happened right there as sort of a symbol of where East meets West. What are some of the vivid images from Brandenburg Gate during the Cold War, during communism? Well, I think uh, at the later period, um, you know, we had Mr. Reagan coming up to it from the Western side and saying, listen, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Mr. Gorbachev, open this gate. It was like the famous, famous words he used. And he did that with the backdrop of Brandenburg Gate. Absolutely, right yeah. there, like a few yards away on the Western side. And I actually remember very vividly, like just after the wall had come down in 1989 for sure, but the gate was still closed. So everyone was waiting, like waiting for every minute so the gate should be opened again, because that's a symbolical thing. And that was very like, you know, heartbeat. I still remember standing there and thinking like, okay, this could be the moment. And then when they open it, And that was the moment. And that was the moment a little later then. But euphoria swept across Berlin. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. Brandenburg Gate was no longer in no man's land, but it Right became over time once again the center of the city. Yes. 
So we have the euphoria of the Brandenburg Gate, but there were dark times in the Brandenburg Gate, and I would imagine that the Nazis used it as a spectacle. Yeah, so Unter den Linden also is like where we remember the, the pictures of the, the troops, the SA troops, mm. uh, paramilitary troops, marching through it with their torches, you know, in the darkness, or 1937, when, uh, you know, Mussolini was actually visiting the Duce to Berlin, and like you see the Linden all like lined with like statues with swastikas on top. A very, it's a very powerful image, but also very, very difficult to, to digest these days. That was, that was quite haunting there. The uh, Nazis had actually cut down all the linden trees on the entire boulevard uh, because... Uh, the, Wait a minute, it, so Unter den Linden, the Nazis had the nerve to cut down the linden trees that gave it its whole name? The excuse was to that they were building a subway right underneath, and so this, um, they had to basically dig a big trench, and uh, therefore they had an excuse to cut down the trees, and after the street was finished again, they of course simply put swastika banners on the left and right where the trees had been. Uh, and the trees that we see on Unter den Linden now are therefore not two, three hundred year old linden trees. They were all planted again by the communist government, in fact, after World War II. So the trees are back now. The trees are now back. Tour guides Holger Zimmer and Fabian Ruger are taking us along the main drag of Berlin, the grand boulevard known as Unter den Linden right now on Travel with Rick Steves. Holger offers tours of Berlin and works as a public radio arts producer there. Fabian was raised there and lives in New England now. During the pandemic, he's been perfecting an app to help travelers create efficient packing lists on the fly. Let's finish our conversation just with a favorite spot on Unter den Linden. Uh, as you walk, you can walk from Brandenburg Gate all the way to, well, it changes name, but to Alexanderplatz. And if you were going to take a, a little moment and just appreciate a spot... Holger, where would you stop? So today, I think I would just be right where the Lustgarten is, which is uh, the big green space where lots of people are just kind of now camping out. The Lustgarten, out, like, so people Lustgarten. know, is a beautiful uh, public green park with a fountain that in different ages has been a military marching ground or a place for people to hang out and, Parade and, place. and have a party and get a tan. And nowadays, it really is for people just to kind of like lie down on the grass and enjoy the time. But if you look right now, then you'll see a new building, which is completely something else, because that's the place where the old city castle had been before it was, you know, damaged in the war and then destroyed in 1950 by the communists uh -huh. who wanted to get rid of any Prussian connotation here. They didn't care for the castle and the royals anymore. And now the castle is being rebuilt, housing a number of things, among them like parts of the museum collections, part of the Humboldt University will be there. So it will be a new center of the city, a new center of learning, a new center of So it was the meeting. palace in the old uh, Divine Monarch days, and then it was the People's Palace, which was a sham during communism, which was a showpiece, and today it's going to be a genuine people's center again? It's, we're still debating like what's actually going to be inside it, but it's going to be very exciting to see what it will turn out in the next couple of years. And that's on Unternelen, just across the street from the Berlin Cathedral. Yes. And Fabian, what is your favorite little little nook or cranny of just the a little Unter den further Linden. just a little further down the road from this spot you stand on Bibelplatz with your back to the memorial to the burned books you look down onto the linden in the distance you see the brandenburg gate almost blocked by a statue of frederick the great who's standing right there you look a little further and on the corner is a building of humboldt university a big library in that library was albert einstein's office and then you look right at humboldt university itself where the brothers grimm taught, you know, of Grimm's fairy tales fame. You look a little further to the right, you see the memorial to the victims of war and the Zeughaus right next to it is the German History Museum. And then 
straight to your right is the Berlin State Opera. So you see almost all of Berlin and German history by just standing on this one spot. All of that on one street. Fabian Ruger, Holger Zimmer, thank you so much for taking us on a walk down an amazing street, Unter den Linden, in Berlin. You're welcome. Come to Berlin. Thank you for having us. Hey, I'm Rick Steves. In my latest book, For the Love of Europe, I share the highlights of a lifetime of exploring Europe, my favorite experiences, sights, and encounters in a hundred essays. If you love Europe too, this is four decades of greatest hits in 400 pages, made to order to stoke your travel dreams. You can order your copy of For the Love of Europe at ricksteves.com. 